Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the second edition of the Business Brew podcast from Business IQ, the business arm of the Northern Echo. I'm very pleased to say that our guest today is Patrick Melia, Chief Executive of Sunderland City Council. Uh, Patrick, thanks very much for coming along. I much appreciate it. No, brilliant. No, great to be here, Mike. Uh, looking forward to it. Super. Um, we had a live event yesterday uh, which we, we asked local businesses to briefly sum up the previous year, 2023, but also to sort of look ahead to 2024. Have you got, I mean, the rate of progress in Sunderland just seems remarkable at the moment. Do you have plans to keep up that rate of change through 2024 or is there a little bit of letting things settle down a bit? Yeah, no, I, I'm certainly expecting 24 to be a really busy year. Um, we've had a really good end to 23 uh, with lots of things being announced and things happening. So to a certain extent, 24 is a consolidation and making things come out of the ground that we've announced, but also very much turning our heads to the next three years. And um, what else do we now need to be doing as a city? So we've um, I think this last year has been a culmination of a lot of hard work over the previous three years. Um, it's about delivery in this next year and thinking through what's the three years after that going to be and look and feel like in the city. So um, still lots to do and plenty to keep us busy. Indeed, yeah. A, a sort of a performance rather than you, where you thought you'd be or slightly ahead of the timeline. What's, what do you think? It's... To a certain extent, I'd like to be a bit further ahead. We've been just, I think, last the budget just over a year ago, um, impact on the markets in terms of available, the cost of finance, inflation, etc., has just made a lot of things we're dealing with in the cities around construction and getting things built. And it's just been so much harder. The negotiations with, with contractors are much harder. They're taking a much more detailed look at every line in the contract, every shift in the program. So that's made things um, very slow to a certain extent. But actually, when I look back at it, I think we've still got a lot of things in place. We're still pushing on. It's just been a very hard graft. Um, and But yeah, no, overall, really happy with the progress that's being made in the city and the partners that are coming on board to help us. Good. The way I always like to do mine, sort of business coverage is by getting to know the people and then you yep. get to know the projects. What about you yourself? How are you coping with it all? It's a it's a stressful time. It's an enormous, almost never-ending project. Are you doing okay yourself? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, I, I think it's always good when you've got a good team around you, when you've got good people who um, are putting in a shift as well and you have a shared agenda. It, it makes life enjoyable. And when you see things coming out the ground, you see things being built, um, you, you see the rewards through that. And, it, and it's really, so it's good. Um, and I've got a good family around me. Always a big help. Keep you grounded, yes. bring you back down to earth um, and keep you touching the real world, really. What, what do you do to sort of relax and wind down? You mentioned the family, obviously, which are an absolute godsend when you can sort of switch off from the office and go yeah. into the, the house. Are you a guy who finds it easy to relax? Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too bad actually at switching off, going from one thing to the other. Um, I'm trying to. I try and do a bit of exercise. Try and keep myself fit. Um, sometimes I, I'm pretty consistent. Sometimes I, I don't do anything at all. But um, <laughs> yeah. I kind of. I know I've, actually made a bit, 
wax and wane a bit on that. But uh, and I also um, try my hand at the saxophone, which is always a bit of fun. Um, wow, okay. Annoys the family when I hit a few bad notes, but um, it's a good way just to because you've got nothing else to concentrate on but that sheet of music and the instrument in your hand, so it, you can't think about anything else if you want. Why to saxophone? Where, where did that come from? Um, I think it's just something I've always fancied. I've, I mean, I've been able to play guitar uh, for many years, um, and I just fancied something different. And I'm just an amateur. I play for myself. I don't. I don't play for anyone else. So it's for my own enjoyment. So it's good fun. I've got a bookie for the next business award. I thought that might make an interesting, <laughs> an interesting yeah, like, in the yeah, corner. Yeah, it could be a could be a changing career path at some point. You know. <laughs> Um, Weddings, bar mitzvahs, and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> Talking of that career path, Patrick, just talk us through what yours was. What were from sort of college, university sort of days? Did you always think some sort of administration, public administration role like um, this, or were you a different sort of guy then? I wasn't quite. So I left school at 16 and went to work in local government and was very lucky. I, I went into a the finance team in, in South Tyneside and one of the key things then back in the 80s was training you got a lot of training you got a lot of support so I went went to college one day a week etc and then um, managed to get some opportunities within the council for career progression and um, got a trainee accountant role and qualified with the council as an accountant um, so I was lucky I didn't go to you didn't go to college or sixth form or uh, go to university, but um, I got a good professional training, which was excellent. And then later years, did a master's and uh, got a, a coaching performance degree now as well. But um, yeah, so really, really lucky in that sense. Spent 15 years in South Tyneside and then moved on to be director of finance in the probation service, which spanned... Northumberland County Council and all the Tannenweir bodies uh, area, so quite a big geography. Mm. Then I did five years at Durham Police Force as Director of Finance. And then I went back to local government, did five years at South Tyneside as a director, doing regeneration and finance, but also covered things such as refuse collections, ground maintenance, so a really good background. Yeah. Um, and then went to North Tyneside as Chief Exec for five years and just been over five years now in Sunderland, so quite a varied career. I've done did a few years as a, a non-exec director on a foundation trust hospital, and um, did quite a few years as, as a chair of a, a school academy. So, okay. so it's been a I've had a been in the right place at the right time. Been quite lucky with my career and had some great experiences and worked with some great people. Sure, excellent. Um, we talk about the, what's going on in 2023, what's going on in 2024, and we talked to this about this at our event yesterday about the power of devolution and devolved yeah. powers and that. Um, that's obviously a huge issue at the moment about how much we want to take control of more and more and more. How do you see the situation? Are you in a good position there, or is there going to be? There's obviously going to be some changes through next year. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be good for the region over this next few years um more cash to to support businesses that currently exist in the region to help them grow and flourish 
more cash to help us bring new businesses into the region and, and leverage some further investment. Um, so I, I think it, it's if we do if we're wise and we keep close as local authorities to the business community and business leaders, um, I think we'll do a, do a really good job. And um, mm -hmm. I, I, I just think it's really positive as a as a local authority. I'll, we will still do what we always do. We our statutory responsibilities won't change. So in terms of the people of Sunderland, we will be fulfilling our responsibilities. But we'll have this regional role facing into a new regional body that's got cash that we can use to either do things strategically across the region, maybe in skills, or that we can focus on and do some laser investments, maybe in the automotive sector or into clean and green energy sector, etc., or life sciences in Newcastle, etc. So um, I think it's exciting times ahead and we should think of it as a really positive thing for the region. Yeah, sure. It's it's going to be also a, an enormous challenge of the of the genuineness of collaboration. Yes. Because bringing such powerful and you have to look after your own side of things, but then you have to sort of yeah understand that bigger region. That's a, a real test. And some people will think it's almost un, unreachable, but you're confident that it can be done, and people will yeah. focus on that. Yeah? Yeah, there's a real understanding, I think, from the from the politicians and from the senior officers that um, this isn't a sharing, an equal share every year of funding. This is about mm -hmm. strategic investments in the region. And therefore, uh, I mean, we just announced recently on the back of the big Nissan announcement, we have announced investment zone for the region. That investment zone brings incentives in terms of business rate retention, national insurance holidays, etc. So a big incentive to help businesses to invest in the region. But actually that investment zone spans a part of Northumberland around the port. It spans part of the port of time. It does some of it does part of Washington around Nissan and South Tyneside. And then it does Net Park in Durham. So we've crafted as a region that we've got a story around clean and green energy and advanced manufacturing that to grow those sectors, we need to invest in key locations and we've agreed together where those key locations are and the incentives that they should attract. So right. we haven't, and, and there's a logical story to that. There's an evidence base to why those sites have been chosen and which incentives should be applied to those sites. So it's been done in a really mature way to land okay. as big a prize as possible for the region. So I think that's a really powerful message that actually, as seven authorities, they can come together and make logical evidence-based decisions for the best investment for the region as a whole. And mm. we will continue to do that as we go forward. It's an, it would be an immensely powerful achievement if that does all knit together, wouldn't it? And it can actually yeah. start rolling from, from sort of day one, people understanding it. What a powerhouse that's going to be. Yeah, no, and it's it, it won't be without difficult conversations at times. Sure. But that's, that's what a grown-up, mature organisation has to have. Um, mm. And if we keep in touch with... Our residents, we keep in touch with our businesses, we keep in touch with the universities, education sector, etc. Understand how that all links together. 
um, we, we can really make a real difference over this next few years. And our our aim is to continue is to do a great job from day one. So there's an awful lot of preparation work being undertaken um, to make sure that from day one the organisation's fit for purpose and can invest. And we want to do that in a way that grows the local economy, helps our residents and show our success that we can pull more powers and more funding down from government to the region to help us to do yeah. even more at a local level. So yeah. we, we kind of say success being more of our residents being employed and earning more money and our local businesses and new businesses growing and flourishing and bringing more funding into the region. And we want to use the devolution monies to leverage private sector funding, to leverage yeah. private sector yeah. investment as well. Whether yeah. that's just helping viability around the housing site or leveraging in several thousand new jobs because someone wants to come and build some some factories or some offices and create more jobs. So we, we'll use our funding to try and do different things. Yeah, excellent. Um, it, it's a, a balance again. One can get carried away, I suppose, of bringing in the big firms, the big investments and all that. But every council, every authority has to be so people-centric. There yeah. are huge social challenges, housing, poverty, employment, yeah. that, that sort of thing. So every time, I presume, you're bringing in huge deals, you're bringing in people who are really interested in investing in this area. You've yeah. always got to drill that down to say, how is that going to help individual people in, in their housing and how is it going to help them basically be, be a, a play a full part in the community there by having work, yeah. by bringing up their families and the right sort of housing. It's got to be so individually people-centric, hasn't it? Yeah, and that's, and that's the beauty of the, of the devolution deal because we've got skills funding mm. that comes in with us. And what, what, what it, and then we've got the, the investment fund and we've got some fun, monies around housing, we've got some monies around transport. It, it allows us to think through actually, I suppose, if we're landing an inward investment around Nissan, and that's going to create, so at the moment we're, we're build, busy building a new battery plant and we're going to have to build another one. Mm. Um, that's a couple of thousand jobs. So it's great that you've got the physicality of a building, which is 1.7 million square feet being built at the moment. It's a huge, huge beast of a building. Yeah. Those thousand people need to be found, trained and skilled to do the job. So we can bring, as well as bringing leveraging our funds to enable the, the big inward investment you can then leverage your funds to make sure you've got the right skills agenda and you're training people for that factory yeah and then yeah. you can think through actually do we need to look at where we put some housing and how are people going to get from where they live to work in that that factory so have we got the right transport infrastructure so the devolution deal allows us to think in that strategic way and join those dots up and therefore have a positive impact on our residents. And and I think it's important just to kind of recognise that I mean, it was a conversation we had last week with I think both business sectors and, and the university last week was we've got a small, small number of very large organisations and businesses in the region. We've got a large number of small businesses 
Mm. We haven't got much in between. Yeah, yeah. And we need to kind of change that mix and blend. So it's good to have the large ones. Yeah. It's good to have small ones. We want our small ones to grow and employ more people and to be bigger and have a bigger impact on, on our economy. And therefore, those small and medium-sized businesses enabling our residents to access jobs with a local business as well. Yeah. And uh, that's very much on our mind and something that the business sector and universities and others are saying to us as well. Recognise that. Think about it. How do you make an impact? Yeah. Yeah, because the danger of having a Nissan, <coughs> excuse me, wonderful as it is, is that you can focus too and say, oh, we're going to be okay because we've got Nissan. Yeah. But it has, as you suggest, it has to be a, a sort of a much bigger picture. They're the golden egg, but you yeah. need, as every yeah. region does, at least two or three golden eggs, yes. and then you can, uh, you're well yeah. set, aren't you? Yeah. Um, talk, just briefly, you may have mentioned a little bit about this, but the, the, the sectors, you're you starting to sort of specialize in certain sectors is this becoming the home for certain sectors or does that, does that not trouble you do you not think you need to do that yeah there will be a bit of um thinking through our skills as a region and we've been given so obviously the investment zone proposition is building on our skills and strengths in the advanced manufacturing automotive sector yeah and and the energy sector in terms of offshore wind etc so very much that's been thought through where do our strengths lie our strengths also lie with in newcastle and the university around health and life, life sciences there's elements of space and other things and um around net park in durham so we yeah. so we're thinking through where where's our strengths and how do we play to our strengths as a region and think through those specialisms because it it's important to build on your strengths and allow those to grow and have it and be and recognized as part of them have they have an impact not just on the region but on the national economy if they're strong and that gives us more focus so we do we do want to be clear that we will support our strengths and specialisms sure but also we don't know what we don't know in terms of what are the businesses of the future so how are we so where does AI take us? Yeah. How will businesses work and things like that? So we have to have an eye to the future of how do we support our skills agenda? Yeah. And our colleges and universities to enable people to be thinking through what are future jobs and also being quite fleet of foot about how do we enable new jobs to be created as new as technology changes and um, and the world changes. So it, yeah. it's, it is very much build on your strengths, recognize those specialisms, but also think around what are the opportunities coming and how do we get our, um, how do we position ourselves as a region to play our part in those new things as well. And, yeah. and, and I think that's important for us as a region. We've got a passionate workforce. Um, we've got people who want to get out and work and, and, and we've got to kind of help them to do that and enable them to do that and, and do that in the way that. I suppose just as a real impact on our communities and grows our businesses. Yeah, I know, absolutely. Give me your take on ideas, blueprints as huge as the, the film studio plans. Yeah. That sort of, that could be absolutely a, a sea change for the region. Do you, do you see yourself still in, in control of all that? Is that part of the plan? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a massive 
opportunity for the region. So um, phase one of the project is um, the planning application has been submitted. So that will be um, through the planning process in springtime. That lands the first part of over a hundred million pound investment in new studios. The the overall ambition at this stage is um, 1.7 million square feet uh, covering 20 studios, um, creating eight and a half thousand jobs for the region um, and over 20,000 nationally. So it's, it's a huge investment. We are working very hard with the with Fullwell 73 and supporting them, uh, working hard with Kane International, who are the investment company behind that. And at the moment, we're in detailed dialogue with government because it does need a little bit of government support. If you think the, the film studios is a new sector for the region, we do some productions and we're doing more than we did three years ago. Yeah. But actually, to do it on this scale, we'll need a new skill set. But actually, a lot of those skills in film studios are electricians, joiners, scaffolders, yeah. hairdressing, yeah. makeup, etc. It's over 60% of the jobs really resonate with our skills base and our people. Um, mm -hmm. So we so we, we are very conscious. We've got a skill strategy and it just needs a bit of government support in terms of just getting the project away. Um, because in the early stages, it will cost more to do with production in the Northeast than elsewhere in the country because we have to bring the skills base here. Yeah. And as our skill base grows, then that changes and we become a very um, competitive um, part of the world to do film production in. So we're, we're very excited by the project, um, working really hard to get it over the line. Um, and there's a real partnership there across public private sector, um, all working hard to try and get, get government support to make it happen. Just a, a final point, Patrick, so much happening there. Do you still think, is it part of one single plan? Can you still sort of structure under one heading so many different things coming in? Or have you got to sort of get the feeling you have to keep adapting that master plan? Now, we were going to do that, and now suddenly the film studio comes in. We were going to do that, and now AI is making a bit of a, um, a yeah. presence felt. You've got to completely be on your toes with this, haven't you? Yeah, you do, yeah. And uh, But if you think... We've built cars for thirty odd years in the region, and we make we make radiators and carburetors and exhausts. We're now making electric vehicles that don't have radiators, yeah. exhausts, carburetors, etc. It's a new skill space, so you have to be fleet of foot in terms of um, reacting to changes as a result of um, technology. And, it, and it's, it'll be the same then as, as we make changes in that computing world around software and AI. That will impact on how people manufacture things. It'll impact on energy production. It'll impact on just how we do customer services. So we, we will have to keep fleet of foot. And I think it's always important that you can change your... Um, you, it's great to have a plan, but you've also got to have the ability to change your plan as a result yeah. of circumstances and what you encounter. Uh, and we'll we'll keep doing that because you, you've got to and if new opportunities arise you've got to assess them and say yes we're going to go for this or actually that's not going to fly but you've, you've got to just keep at it all the time keep talking yeah. keep learning and uh, keep reacting 
That's it. Keep learning all the time. I think that's a good yeah. uh, a good slot. Um, this is genuinely exciting times um, to think that so much is happening in this region. So much potential. I think it's a it's a great note to great note to end the year on, and uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting uh, 2024 yeah. ahead of us. I think, uh, Patrick. Listen, thank you so much for your time. It's very much appreciated. Um, I hope we get to do a bit more work together yeah. through next year because I think, as I say, it's going to be a fascinating time and just genuinely uh, exciting for the region. Um, thanks very much, and all the very best. Uh, for the the festive break i hope you get a decent one and we'll thank catch up again next year hopefully brilliant thank you very much mike really thanks, appreciate patrick. it thank you cheers now